Are you being influenced? Well, if you watched the blockbuster film in the last decade, well, then there's a chance it has been influenced by the Chinese Communist Party. Now, here's the reality. The CCP may be running the largest influence campaign in history. Now, in Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, well, investigative reporter Tiffany Meyer reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. And for a limited time, you can watch the first 10 minutes for free when you go to the website, hollywoodtakeover.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Hey, we're all looking to save, especially on medical bills, but where do you start? Now, unless you're a medical billing expert, finding savings, well, it can seem impossible. HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance and they flag errors like overbilling or wrong codes and fraud. And you can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Now, saving starts with knowing where to look. Go to their website. It's HealthLock.com today before you see any other healthcare provider. Pure Talk, my sponsor and my wireless company, of now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. Now, as you plan your summer travel, make sure that your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Now, you can get unlimited talk and text, plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile for the exact same service. Just go to puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N, make the switch today. Save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Let not your heart be troubled. You are listening to the Sean Hannity Radio Show Podcast. Hey, with optimism once again on the rise in America, the working people of this country are more important than ever. On the job from hired to retired, it's a new podcast from our friends at Express Employment Professionals that digs into the lives of men and women at work and explores their journeys as they fight to make the American dream a reality. Now check out the new podcast, On the Job from Hired to Retired, on iHeartRadio, iTunes, or wherever you you download your favorite podcasts or just go to expresspros.com slash podcast for more information. This is Jonathan Gillum filling in for the almighty Sean Hannity on the Sean Hannity radio show. Literally billions and billions of people. And I guess if you believe in Martians, they're out there listening as well somewhere out in the universe. And it's great to be back here. Those of you that don't know me, I'm a former Navy SEAL, Federal Air Marshal, security contractor, and FBI special agent here in New York. I'm also a serious XM Patriot Channel guest host or fill-in host, however you want to say it, and uh, one of Sean's go-to guys when he is out. And now I can add to this the, uh, the title of author of Sheep No More, uh, the Art of Awareness and Attack Survival. You can find that on Amazon. It is uh, just went on sale yesterday. It's going. That's for pre-sales. It's going to be shipped December twelfth. Don't wait. We got to get this book pumped up, and I'll tell you why, folks. What we're going to be talking about today, what we're talking about today on this show, is awareness. Now, I am uh, a targeting expert, a uh, an expert in uh, terrorist tactics and uh, unconventional warfare. But overall, one of the things that I've developed uh, a real expertise for is the one thing that America is lacking, and that is awareness. We have an epidemic of unawareness in this country. And Sheep No More, I wrote this book specifically to help people develop their awareness and think outside the box. 
and start looking at and targeting themselves and understanding where uh, the attack could come from, when the attack uh, could happen, who might attack you, why they would attack you, and what type of attack it would be. And there are actually a set of uh, of tactics, techniques, and procedures that are uh, used by threat assessors and um, targeting analysis uh, experts that I'm going to give to you, not for the purpose so that you can go out and plan attacks, but uh, so that you can actually look at your life from an attacker's point of view. Nobody's ever done this before, and uh, I think this is going to be its going to be a little controversial, but at the same time, it's going to be very uh, beneficial and empowering to the American people and anybody else in, in the world that wants to read it so that you can understand uh, where your critical areas are. What are the critical times for those areas? What vulnerabilities could be exploited in your life? And what are the attacker's avenues of approach? I'm going to talk a little bit more about this throughout the show. But the way this kind of milks in with what we're talking about today, today, excuse me, is communism is on the rise. Communism is something that people, I've been talking about this for years on my uh, show on uh, Facebook Live, Twitter, and YouTube. I simulcast. It's called The Experts. I do it every night at 9 p.m. And I've been talking about the real uh, realization that communism is on the move for several years and people just don't get it now all of a sudden uh even mainstream media and many politicians that uh, you would never have thought would be going against groups like antifa like uh nancy pelosi is talking about there's violence on the other side um the uh diane feinstein was uh, talking about how she does not agree with what's going on uh, in Berkeley. Now, they don't go as far as to condemn it and say it's communism, but they are recognizing it. And and Antifa is getting the cojones. uh, They think they have uh, these cojones, but they really do not. They're going to see that they're going to wake up a giant. It's already being woken up. Um, But they are not as mighty as they believe that they are. So I'm going to bring on a group of experts today to talk about all the different areas where communism has seeped into this country, not just recently. This has been going on for literally uh, over a hundred years, but uh, recently it has increased exponentially, probably and most likely because of the use of social media, the use of um, our cell phones, the use of uh, computers, and so on and so forth. So it's just gotten easier for people to uh, actually communicate and spread whatever special interests they have. Communism has definitely been able to use this stuff and increase the speed at which they subvert this country. So that's the, that is uh, why I thought, you know, when I get to host these shows periodically for Sean, I like to bring in uh, some type of... Uh, a subject that I can quickly give to people and they can uh, take away from the show and say, wow, this three hours changed my life. And now I'm going to see things completely differently. So I'm here to plant seeds. I'm Johnny Appleseed today, planting some seeds in you. So that is directly how the uh, book Sheep No More, uh, The Art of Awareness and Attack Survival. It's available on Amazon now. This is uh, for pre-order. This is why... Uh, I wrote this book for the sheer reason of teaching everybody uh, from to think like an attacker, 
to look at your life and how it could be attacked, but from an attacker's point of view, so you can turn around and defend properly. But it also applies to all this, not just your individual life, but also who's attacking the country, who might attack your work. Um, are you? Will you be caught up in some area with uh, some group that you've never heard of before because you did not have the awareness of the changing events in this country? That's very possible, folks. It's very possible. So we're going to do our best today to help you see um, who these enemies actually are and how you can counter these people. So go to Amazon, pre-order the book, get ready December 12th when it ships. You are going to be empowered and i would advise if you have a daughter in college get the book if you have a son in college get the book for him uh you have uh, a church that likes to send missionaries down range get the book for all of them uh, if you want to just secure your life and your own homeland get the book if you're a chief of police get it a mayor get it a senator congressman or mr president if you're if you're listening right now which i know that you do sometimes pre-order this book you will not be you will not be mistaken for ordering this book um it, it will help you see things from an unconventional warfare attacker point of view now we're going to take a break here in just a second but what i and, and actually two minutes but what i want to stress is that if you're tuning into this show today and you're like, where is Sean? Sean is on vacation. That guy works like nobody I've ever seen before. So when he goes on vacation, he calls in the warrior crew to come in here and handle the studio for him. So that's what we're here today for. So don't go away. This is just going to be, you know, you tune in on your way home or you're hopefully if you're driving because you're getting ready to go on your vacation early, you're going to be able to tune into this and actually listen for three hours and get a full course crash course on how communism has seeped into this country and how the things that you're seeing every day on television are signs and symptoms of subversion whether it be the mainstream media whether it be uh politicians who uh claim to be conservatives but yet do not back the president of the united states when he's trying to do effective things whether it be the generals who've all been politicized and uh, refuse to get in step with the way the president thinks and the way that we can effectively fix our military. We got ships going all over the place, crashing into other ships. I don't get it. We have still to this point not turned our, uh, our strategic thinking and the way we're fighting terrorism, for instance, we have not completely come to a point where we're looking at it from a full strategic point. It still has too much politics involved. And I don't blame the president for that. I blame the politicization of the DOD, which has been happening since 1947, when our, the first uh, Secretary of Defense was uh, was created and stepped into that role. And from that point forward, we've never won a, ba a war. We've won battles. We've never won a, a war. The only reason we win battles is because men on the ground that know exactly what to do tactically are stepping up and taking command. But when it comes to the overall strategic picture, we failed. All of this goes back to the point that I'm trying to make here. The way that you secure your life, the way that you secure your homeland, the way that you secure your job, your family, everything, your entertainment, where do you go out? How do you secure these things? Well, I'll tell you how you do it. You become aware. So stay tuned. You need to stay tuned for the whole show. I, America, will not let you down. 
This is Jonathan Gill. I'm filling in for Sean Hannity on the Sean Hannity Radio Show. You can find me every night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. I do a simulcast of a show called The Experts. We have all the real experts on there to talk about what's going on. And don't forget about my book. I'm going to keep pushing this, folks. I'm going to get you to buy this book because you it will change your life. Cheap No More, The Art of Awareness, and Attack Survival. Go check it out. We'll be right back to talk about some more of what's going on in this country. All right, so I have insomnia, but I've never slept better. And what's changed? Just a pillow. It's had such a positive impact on my life. And, of course, I'm talking about my pillow. I fall asleep faster, I stay asleep longer, and now you can too. Just go to MyPillow.com or call 800-919-6090. Use the promo code Hannity, and Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, has the special four-pack. Now, you get 40% off two MyPillow premiums and two go-anywhere pillows. Now, MyPillow is made here in the USA, has a 60-day unconditional money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Go to MyPillow.com right now or call 800-919-6090, promo code Hannity, to get Mike Lindell's special four-pack offer. You get two MyPillow premium pillows and two go-anywhere pillows for 40% off, and that means once those pillows arrive, you start getting the kind of peaceful and restful and comfortable and deep healing and recuperative sleep that you've been craving and you certainly deserve. MyPillow.com, promo code Hannity. You will love this pillow. This is Jonathan Gillum filling in for Sean Hannity on the Sean Hannity Radio Show. And you, you, yourself, you can call in 800-941-7326. And I always say this, for those of you that like to spell numbers, 800-941-SEAN. So you can call in. I'll give that again, 800-941-7326. You know, folks, uh, I am constantly, constantly talking to people about the reality of natural disasters. Now, what happened in Houston, I think, well, we can't say that it's any different than any other hurricane that's come in and just uh, laid the smack down on places. I mean, this one just seemed to be hanging around for a little bit longer. But the reality is with all these natural disasters, the biggest problem that we have really is that we think it, it's never going to happen to us. I mean, uh, people, even though they've lived in a flood zone or because they've lived in areas like New Orleans, for instance, you just get comfortable. And look, I'm not putting anybody down. This is human nature to become complacent with whatever threat may be against you. That's the way it works. Um, it's happened now in Houston. And as you can see, the widespread flooding and people's homes are being destroyed. Here's what I want to talk about today. Everybody's talking about what's happening right now. And, and that's good. The news is covering it. Uh, people are going out there. You have the Cajun Navy. I, I, my heart, I get a little flustered in my heart when I watch uh, how many people are responding to this. I think this kind of, of outpour of response should be done anywhere that there's a natural disaster in this country. I, I do want to point out, though, that as I've been talking about awareness from the beginning of this show, I believe that people, and I've lived in rural areas. I grew up in the Ozarks of Arkansas, in the middle of nowhere, extremely poor. I live in Manhattan now, <laughs> extremely poor. <laughs> I'm not Rick Unger. I'm not Sean Hannity. I'm a, you know, I have a, a real income coming in. These guys have gone to the level of success I hope I, to get to one day. But um, there's a big difference in living in the city and living in the country. When you're raised in a rural area, you are just more self-sufficient. Now, I'm not putting people down that live in the city. Or I'm not. This has nothing to do with liberal or conservative. When you live in a city, you become uh, less self-sufficient because everything is there that you need. 
if something happens, law enforcement will respond in a matter of sometimes seconds, sometimes minutes, but they're going to be there. You need an ambulance, it's going to get there quick. When you live in a rural area, you may not have police response for 10 minutes, 30 minutes. Police themselves may not get back up for uh, an hour in some locations. And if you want an ambulance, you could be dead before the ambulance arrives. It may take that long if it's a serious enough injury. Living in the South, you have to be more self-reliant. So why am I saying this? Well, that's where awareness comes from. Just because you have, you have not had anything happen to you and you live in a flood zone or you live in a, an area that's ravaged by hurricanes or tornadoes, you should realize that the potential is always there. Now, don't worry about the numbers when it comes to preparing yourself. Don't worry about the, the probability. That's a numbers game that you will lose if you play the probability game because the, pro, the, the possibility is going to be 100% that it will eventually happen. It may take five years. It may take 100. But if you live in a flood zone, a hurricane, or a tornado zone, those things, or even a, a, a we, which we haven't had in a long time, an earthquake zone, these are natural disasters. And you have to be somewhat prepared on how you're going to act, not react. As we say in law enforcement military, action always beats reaction. And so you have to prepare yourself. Now, here's the other thing real quick I want to say. This outpouring that we're seeing in Houston is phenomenal. The, the smaller towns, we need to make sure that they are also getting the outpour. Because a lot, what, a lot of what I see is going directly into the cities into the larger towns. And that's great. They need it. There's more people there. But the rural areas, the law enforcement, the police departments, the first responders and ambulance, they're not as robust as they are in the big city locations. So we need to remember that. And as people respond, that we need to make sure that they are being task organized. And if they have enough in the big city areas, that they are also, that those resources are being allotted to the smaller towns that can be affected. And also, you have to realize, America, that when the floodwaters subside and, and all of a sudden you see greenery again and uh, the, the trash is cleaned up, that is real where the real work starts, and that's where people are going to need you. That's when the money is going to need to pour in. That's when a lot of people should be going down there and volunteering. Volunteering doesn't just take place or shouldn't just take place the second that something happens. It should also take place long after the initial uh, incident or disaster where people are now living in pain. You feel that immediate pain, but you're, it's kind of relieved because you're alive, because you got your dog or your kids. But after all that, people are gone and all that subsides of, thank the Lord I'm alive, you're now stuck with, I'm alive and living in squalor. This is John the Gillen filling in for Sean Handy on the Sean Handy Radio Show. Don't forget to call in 800-941-7326. And you can find me on Twitter, jgilliam underscore seal, and on Facebook at Jonathan T. Gilliam. And don't forget my book, Sheep No More, The Art of Awareness and Attack Survival. We'll be right back.
Wow. Wow. You know, folks, this is John the Gillum filling in for Sean Hannity on the Sean Hannity radio show. That is a perfect example. You know, listen, I, I, I come on this show a lot and all the different shows that I fill in host for. And I tell my resume. I don't do it because I have an ego. There's not a, an ounce of ego in here. I do everything that I've done for this country because I love this country. I love the freedom. I love the Constitution. I love what we went through to get to this point. I wish that nobody would have ever suffered. But we had slaves in this country, and they, because of the Constitution, were able to, their legacy is what we live on now because of the price that they paid. We are, everyone is free. I can't understand why people don't get it, or at least I didn't for a long time. And then I started realizing that the majority of people that are angry in this country now, based on race, has very little to do with racism. And it has more to do with, believe it or not, and I know there's going to be people that disagree with me on this, but the reality is it doesn't come down to daily oppression. It comes down to daily indoctrination from the mainstream media and groups like Black Lives Matter that ultimately, when you dig into their background, have communistic ties. And I, so I just happen, um, I know he's a friend of the Hannity show already, but somebody gave me a contact last week that I was looking for somebody to talk about Black Lives Matter because I don't like digging into this stuff unless I know everything that there is to know about it. And that I just don't know the background of this group. So uh, it's interesting because uh, uh, Lauren and myself both were thinking who we could bring on. And I, I just talked to Ron, Dr. Ron Martinelli last week. Uh, the more I learn about Dr. Ron, uh, the more I, I'm so glad that he's my contact for this because uh, not only is he an attorney, but he's also um, a former uh, San Jose police uh, detective. He is uh, an expert in forensic uh, services and um and an all-around uh, in-depth expert, uh, which he wrote a book about it, Black Lives Matter Movement uh, and the War on Police. Uh, doctor, I couldn't think of anybody else uh, to come on here and talk about this. The more I look at uh, your qualifications, the question I have for you is there, uh, Doctor, are, is Black Lives Matter steeped in communism to the point where it's starting to look like they are, like the rest of these groups, Antifa and, and the other groups? 
Well, first, Jonathan, thank you so much for for having me on my program and uh, on your program. And, and for full disclosure, listen, I'm not an attorney, but I stayed at a Holiday Inn once. I thought time. you were an attorney for some strange reason. <laughs> no, no. Okay, you I just went up a level. Of... You just went up a level in my eyes. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen. Uh, you know, to answer your your question specifically, uh, the black and I've traced the Black Lives Matter to their roots. I've I've spoken with the the, the actual real founding uh, members of the Black Lives Matter. Movement. It's so interesting that I'm seeing a lot of people on television claiming to be a founding member. They are not. Uh, the founding members are Patrice Kalours, Opal Tomati, and Alicia Garza. And they are from a combination of New York City and uh, Berkeley, California, out there in the People's Republic. They are the people that started Black Lives Matter uh, back in uh, 2014 as a result of two things. Uh, number one, uh, the self-defense uh, shooting, uh, George Zimmerman, uh, and also later Michael Brown, which was an officer-involved shooting. Specifically, I've traced them uh, to different parts of the world. I've uh, done completely vetted research, all in the book, and they are a militant Marxist organization. Uh, that gets funding from a variety of sources. Uh, one of the biggest funding sources is George Soros and some of the sub funding groups he has, because he's kind of a secretive guy, but backs a number of socialist, anarchist, and revolutionary groups throughout the world. And, uh, their uh, their treatise goes uh, back to uh, the black uh, guerrilla family, the uh, black nationalist movement of the of the 60s, uh, the, the police killers uh, from the 60s and 70s. Uh, it's a very anti-law enforcement, anti-democratic government, militant Marxist group, without a doubt. Even if you read their own doctrines. So I, I, you know, I think people are going to be very surprised in hearing this. Um, how do they? So you have these three, these three individuals that started this. How did they get to a point? Uh, of course, funding always has something to do with it. How did they get to the point where they are as big as they are? Was it um, was it because they were able to? quickly go in and stir up the obviously they're not telling everybody that they're marxists were they able to go into these um community activists did they uh link up with people like the Saul Linskyites? what exactly did they do to spread so quickly well, I think the primary reason that they spread is because, first of all, uh, these three women are all extremely intelligent. Uh, they all have master's degrees. Uh, one has a master's degree in uh, communication, uh, and social media has really helped them. That's how the group really sprung into life, uh, by a, uh, actually a text on Instagram, uh, and also on Facebook from one of the founding members to two of the other founding members, uh, after, uh, the George, uh, Zimmerman, uh, shooting. And, uh, and, and they said one of the comments that was made is Black Lives Matter. And then they went ahead and put a hashtag to that uh, and subsequently used their communications and social media skills to start an organization. And then that organization spread to different parts of the country in various chapters. But those people that say that their founding members are not they're not telling the truth. I think everybody's trying to, you know, claim uh, a, a little bit of um, uh, 
uh, notoriety by saying that. And by the way, the thing that's very interesting uh, about uh, Alicia, Opal, and Patrice is that you almost never see them on television opining about anything. Uh, however, they go out uh, to uh, to community meetings. Uh, there is another a lady who is a professor at Cal State uh, Los Angeles, and her name is Professor Abdullah, and she is very prominent uh, in the Los Angeles um, activist community, and she's very much against uh, law enforcement and uh, people in the corrections field, and she's constantly advocating uh, for them. And as a matter of fact, I think she is involved in the Human uh, Relations Commission for the County of Los Angeles. So these people are very active, but they get uh, they get other people to do their work for mm, them. Right. Right. No, no, I'm just I'm agreeing with you. So in saying that, you know, that they do get other people to do their work for them. How do or where do they reside? How do people start to focus in on these three individuals? Well, you know, let me say this, because there are so many people, and primarily the mainstream media knows nothing about Black Lives Matter, mm -hmm. and they think it's a, a socially conscious group uh, that are there to provide, uh, you know, community oversight to law enforcement, and and really that's not the goal uh, of this organization to provide oversight or anything. And there are, the way the organization breaks down uh, is that there are the founding members and then there are uh, people that are uh, chairs or uh, chapter presidents, and then the rest of the people are basically just anybody that would support or encourage Black Lives Matter, and that could be anybody. Mm -hmm. uh, but the Black Lives Matter is a black nationalist Marxist organization. And there's no doubt about it. And if you listen to their lectures, uh, you can you don't have to pay, you know, believe me, all you have to do is start doing some Internet research and listen to their videos, watch their videos, uh, watch their television and listen to their radio interviews, uh, get on their websites and see what they're all about. Uh, there is absolutely no doubt. And, and I call it with regards to law enforcement, the four D's. They want to disenfranchise and disassociate law enforcement uh, from the from the mainstream community, and then they want to uh, defund law enforcement, and they want to dissolve law enforcement. So I call it the four Ds, and if you watch everything that they're doing, they do not want to participate in uh, remedies to bring the community and law enforcement closer together. Right. They want to completely defund it. And if, if you go into Black Lives Matter, uh, they have a – and you all you have to do is Google – Campaign Zero, and I write about all of this in my book, you can see the 10 objectives of the Black Lives Matter movement with respect to law enforcement, and all, almost all of it is negative. There was only a couple of things that I agreed with out of the 10. What was the other second? You said disenfranchise, defund, dissolve. I'm missing one of the Ds. Uh, let's see. Disenfranchise, disassociate, Disass defund, and dissolve. Yeah. Interesting. So they need to, they need to separate the community from law enforcement, right? Yeah. If you're gonna and 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 how they do that is with a lot of fake news. You know, uh, I wrote about many cases: the Michael Brown case, uh, Tamir Rice, which was 
which was a case that I that I personally was involved in. Uh, Freddie Gray, there's been a number of, of cases, and they put out a lot of fake news about how law enforcement has responded to those things, and they get people believing in the Black Lives Matter movement. And let me tell you something. It has nothing to do with all black lives, only certain black lives. For instance, all of the, the, the shooting deaths in Chicago, they could care less about it. You never see them protesting. You right. never see them marching. Uh, it's never about you know uh, black lives in the black community. It's only certain black suspects' lives that they care about. And again, anything to separate the community from law enforcement. Do you think, uh, we got about a minute and a half left, do you think that um, similarly to all these other communist groups that try to uh, divvy up and, and dissect the country into different uh, agitators, do you think that these people truly understand uh, the way communism works, that they will be the ones, the first ones killed if there was ever a communist government in this country? No, you know, I, here's, the, here's the problem that we have nationwide with Americans. They don't teach civics in school anymore. They haven't right. done that for years. Okay, so nobody knows what their rights are, how their government was founded, how the government works. They don't know anything about law enforcement, how law enforcement or the criminal justice system works. Mm-hmm. Number two, they have no history. They don't teach history anymore, so there's no context to what we remember as the black shirts, which were the fascists, and the brown shirts, which were the national socialists or the Nazis. Or they don't know anything about communism. So these people gravitate toward these organizations for what they refer to as social justice. And it's very vague and ambiguous as to what social justice is. But all you have to do is watch what they do and listen to what they say. And these people are communists, anarchists, national socialists, and fascists. Got to go. There is no doubt. Got to go, doctor. Thank you very much. I sure do appreciate it. I'll tell more. Uh, Dr. Uh, Ron Martinelli, I can't thank you enough. We're going to go to a break right now. we got a hard break coming up. We'll be right back on the Sean Hannity Radio Show. This is Jonathan Gillum filling in on the Sean Hannity Radio Show. You can call in 800-941-7326, 800-941-SEAN. And uh, for those of you who want to know my background, let me just tell you. This is my mom wrote this. These big mouth protesters need to go to Texas and Louisiana right now and see what depravity living is all about. Now their homes have been destroyed and jobs washed away. Every little possession is gone. Don't tell me, Mr. and Mrs. Protester, that you have a legitimate reason for what you are doing. Your lips are moving, but all I see is hate and radical, destructive noise. My mom is a true American. She just texted me that. Listen, call in 866-excuse me, that's the wrong number, 800 941 7326. I fill on on too many radio shows. 800-941-SEAN. We're going to come back. We're going to have some more discussion on communism. And I'm telling you, folks, what you're going to walk away with today from this show is more of an expert insight understanding of how communism has infiltrated. We'll be right back. This is Jonathan Gill. I'm filling in for Sean Hannity. Sean Hannity Radio Show. Yes, the man actually takes vacations, and he calls in his warriors, former Navy SEAL, Federal Air Marshal, security contractor, FBI special agent, and now author of Sheep No More, The Art of Awareness and and Attack Survival. And I want you to go to Amazon, pre-order that book, get it ready so that you can give it to your family and friends when it comes out December 12th. 
so that they can immediately empower themselves and understand who, why, where, when, and how an attack can happen so that they can avoid those attacks. It helps them think like an attacker so that they can then turn around and defend against themselves. Because what I teach you, and I'm going to reveal this today in the book, is how to build a target package on every sector of your life. From an attacker's point of view, it's controversial. People are going to say, this guy's teaching people how to attack, but I'm not. I'm not giving you tactics to attack, but I am giving you the tactics that you need, the technique that you need to target yourself. I teach you about how an attacker thinks, what an attack actually is, how you build a target package, the information that you look for, that an attacker would look for, and you can literally systematically build a target package for every sector of your life so that you can turn around and defend yourself so that you can know not how to run, hide, or fight, but how you can learn how to escape, evade, or fight. Cheap No More, The Art of Awareness, and Attack Survival, on sale now at Amazon.com, and you won't be sorry that you that you get this book, folks. Trust me. You can find me on Twitter, jgilliam underscore seal, and on Facebook at Jonathan T. Gilliam, and don't forget the call-in number here, 800 941 7326 800 941 Sean. Now let's get back. We we already had an incredible discussion in the last hour with Dr. Ron Martinelli. Incredible guy. You can look him up online if you want to know more about him, and I suggest that you do in his book, Black Lives Matter and the War on Police. But I've I've interviewed our next guest many, many times. I interviewed him about uh, a week and a half ago or two weeks ago on Newsmax, interviewed him before on this show, and I think now that you understand, hopefully if you've been listening to this whole show, you'll understand that even groups like Black Lives Matter that claim to be to have the best interests for um, a specific group of people in this country, the reality is it's just another way for Marxists to get in and secrete themselves into uh, every aspect of this country to subvert it. David Horowitz, um, he is, I think probably the voice that everybody needs to be hearing right now because of the fact that communism is rising as fast as it is. He's the author of The Big Agenda, President Trump's Plan to Save America, and a former communist. David, it's great as always to have you on this show. Thanks for having me, John. So I had uh, earlier in the show, I had somebody who talked about Black Lives Matter and the reality of the three people who started it, how they're Marxist separatists. Um, I went back and watched a show today that was actually from Newsmax. Um, I watched one night and I recorded it. It was about the creation of uh, how communism came about, how uh, Marx, Hegel, Lenin, Stalin, um, all the, the different individuals that brought it to where it is historically. But what I've noticed through all this, and I think the people, and even though you, you know, you're speaking a lot and uh, we, we have you and other voices out there, I think people are disconnected from the point of the Marx, Stalin, Lenin types, uh, the Cold War to today. They, they, they don't understand how it continued to grow and got to the point that it's at. Well, it never went away. That's, that's the important point. I didn't you know, for 30 years, uh, I've been warning about the nature of this left 
And it's only with the uh, election of Barack Obama that conservatives have finally seen these are not liberals, um, but they are communists. Uh, and what happened was after the 60s, they infiltrated the schools, the universities, and uh, unfortunately the K-12 schools are kind of wide open spaces. Um, and they they became professors and teachers and um, they never gave up their views, but they didn't uh, until recently. A little bit, they they tried to mask them. Uh, that's what leftists do. They lie all the time about their agenda. Uh, you have to remember uh, that in um, when I was a young man, at the height of the Cold War, when Joseph Stalin was alive, the communists. Slogan. The official slogan was "Peace, Jobs, and Democracy." Sound familiar? <laughs> so all this crap about social justice or peace or whatever it is, equality—that's um, all just a mask for communists. They don't tell you what their real agenda is, but now they're showing it. It's to shut everybody down and disagrees with them. You know, that's what the—that's what the Soviet communists did. They. They called their opponents fascists. They accused, for example, Leon Trotsky, who was one of the leaders of the Bolshevik Revolution in 1917, of, you know, colluding uh, uh, with the fascists or with the Nazis. That's what they said. And that's how they tarred and feathered everybody and shut them down. Of course, in, in communist Russia, they executed you. Believe me, that will happen here if the Antifa people ever get power. So the other thing I noticed when I was watching and going through this uh, show, the history of, of communism, was that they were using the term democratic socialist all the way back then. And uh, yeah, uh, go ahead. Yeah. Well, the social Democrats, actually, Lenin was a social Democrat. Um, it's a contradiction in terms. You can't have socialism and democracy. Democracy is based on the uh, rights of the individual independence of the individual. Socialism is about government controlling everything. So, I mean, just just take something that everybody is aware of now, which is the Democratic Party's plan to socialize medicine in America, first through Obamacare, but ultimately through single-payer. What does that mean? That means the government has control of your life. Yeah. You, you know, your health is your life. And it would be rationed and controlled by the government, have all your information. So there's no democratic socialism. But, yeah, they use any camp progressive. My parents were card-carrying communists. They never referred to themselves as communists because they were aware that people were hostile to communism in those days. It was always they were progressive. You know, uh, you're seeing now... Uh, that Nancy Pelosi, for instance, is con condemning Antifa for violence in California. Um, there's pressure from Democrats uh, to from for Antifa movement uh, to be canceled for a free speech rally in San Francisco. Um, you've gone and said that uh, the Charlottesville, and I agree with you here, is the biggest fake news story of the summer. Uh, do you think people like Nancy Pelosi um, actually are seeing what's going on or – are they? No, 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 no. Nancy Pelosi is a communist. Right. Nancy Pelosi actually gave a speech on the floor. It's something congressmen are allowed to do 
honoring her hero, you know, creating a day for him or something. Her hero was Harry Bridges, who was a Soviet agent. He was the head of the West Coast Longshoremen's Union. In the United States, he was an Australian. The United States tried to deport him throughout the Cold War, and he always lied and said that he wasn't um, an, uh, yeah, yeah, a Soviet agent. And he wasn't a communist, he said, but he was actually on the Central Committee of the Communist Party. What? Nancy Pelosi is a very smart political operative. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, forget her her vision, her moral political vision, but just tactically, she's a very smart woman. I think she's done this late. I think they should have con- the Democratic Party should have condemned Antifa long before. But it's of course it's not just Antifa. What is Black Lives Matter? They burned a you know a black city, Ferguson. They killed cops. Uh, they organize violence, and and I mean, how is that different from Antifa? Except they weren't stupid enough to get dressed up in black, and well, they did wear masks. Um, but the the fact that Black Lives Matter is black, and you know, makes them somewhat untouchable. Nobody nobody wants to. Uh, there's no equality in our public life if black people get a free pass for violence uh, and uh, and for racism. Right. Black Lives Matter is also a racist organization. So what I think, you know, Nancy Pelosi is just signaling to the Democratic Party, these people have become uh, a big liability. Let's, but, but there's Black Lives Matter. There's by any means necessary. The, the head of uh, like, the mayor of uh, Berkeley is a member of by all means necessary. Exactly. And uh, actually on my website front page magazine we did a profile of uh Polarka, i forget her first name was the leader she's a raving communist uh, well I, I don't want to say anything else <laughs> she's a horror psychopath she's a horror. and uh the democratic party is in bed with all these people so do you think uh david david horowitz join us and just in case you're, uh, you're just tuning in do you think david that um that these leaders that we see, I've heard rumors of this before, and this is the way that I know that the communists did it in the Soviet Union, that uh, people are cultivated for these leadership positions. It's not like Barack Obama just sprung up and became this great politician or Nancy Pelosi came out of nowhere. It's that they were literally cultivated for this leadership. That sounds very conspiratorial, but is that the case with many of these people? No, of course it's the case. I, I, I wrote a, uh, a book called the new Leviathan. The first chapter is called The Making of a President, and it shows how Barack Obama, and it's because he was black, but because he was also very articulate, uh, and um, that all these left-wing foundations uh, and organizations promoted him and groomed him for, you know, leadership. The fact that he was elected president shows how, you know, it's what Abraham Lincoln said, you can fool all the people some of the time and some of the people all of the time, but you can't fool all of the people all of the time. Right. Let me That's ask how back up Barack Obama got elected. Let me ask you this. I, if I can say, I, I've done this series of books. I have a website called Black Book of the American Left, and volume one is really about how the communist movement didn't go away when the Soviet Union fell. The Soviet Union was exposed. It was a horror. They killed 40 million people just in Russia. Um, 
they impoverished the whole continent. It was a complete catastrophe. And what the left at the time said was, oh, that wasn't real socialism. Mm-hmm. As though they're smarter than, uh, you know, whatever, Lenin and Trotsky and all these people. That wasn't real socialism. And so they just went on with the same views. And there were, you know, there were a few of us who got out, uh, but the, the bulk of them stayed. And I, in this first, it's called My Life and Times, Volume 1, um, I described this. Let me let me ask you this. Right? We only got about um, a minute and a half. Um, the, the whole premise of my show today is to teach people how to be aware of these things. That's the new book that I wrote, um, Sheep No More. How do people, uh, what are some key things real quick, got about a minute, that they can look for that they will know this person's a communist when they're talking? Well, as I say, since they're liars, that's not so easy. What they've done, Here's what's happened. They took Marx's model, which said that society is divided into oppressors and oppressed. And for him, the oppressors were capitalists and the oppressed were workers. And they transformed it into a racial thing. Uh, this is what identity politics is about. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody is oppressed. In a, you hear people talking about oppression. They're deluded or they're just ignorant. I mean, there are a lot of people who are just foolish. There are 65 million refugees in the world today of people who are fleeing oppression. Not one of them is fleeing oppression in America. Mexicans and Haitians are risking their lives to get to America. And why is that? Because they have more rights, more privilege, more opportunities in America than they do in Mexico or Haiti, which have been run by Hispanics and blacks for hundreds of years. It's because of the genius of the American founders that this is the case. Right. But when you hear people going on about oppression uh, and white supremacy, anybody who says that should be in a mental institution. America is not a white supremacist nation. And the number of white supremacists are, is minuscule. They're marginal people. I mean, the left is always talking about marginalized groups. Well, neo-Nazis and white supremacists are marginalized. Yep. They can't poke their heads up. Listen, i got to cut it right there. Um, again, uh, David Horowitz, I'm a huge fan. I think your voice needs to be out there. You're the author of The Big Agenda, President Trump's Plan to Save America. And I can't thank you enough as always, David. Thank you. Thank you, John. You got it. This is Jonathan Gillum filling in for Sean Hannity on the Sean Hannity Radio Show. Call in is 800-941-7326. 800-941-SEAN. We'll be right back. This is Jonathan Gillum filling in for Sean Hannity on the Sean Hannity Radio Show all over the universe, the best show in the world. You can call in 800-941-7326. We're going to take another break. But I want to give a quick shout-out to all the detectives from the NYPD that I used to work with when I was in the FBI. What an amazing group of men and women. And uh, those that are retired, we thank you for all your service. Go find my book, Sheep No More. The Art of Awareness and Attack Survival. It's available for pre-order right now on Amazon. Get in line and pre-order it. We'll be right back. (laughs) 
You know what that? This is Jonathan Gilliam filling in for Sean Hannity on the Sean Hannity Radio Show. And you know what that reminds me of? That that reminds me living in New York. I used to take my dogs to dog parks when I first came here, but they end up getting kennel cough, so I never went back to those. But when you go there. And uh, it gets a little overpopulated, and then there's one dog that comes in there and uh, raises a ruckus. Uh, the other dogs feed off that frenzy, and then it'll just turn into, if you don't have good owners, into a, a fight, a big frenzy of a fight. They work themselves up into that. And th- this is so <sighs> controlled animalism. That's what this is like, these people, when they get to these protests. Uh, not really protests, they're disruptives. I don't know what you want to call them. But, you know, I, I'm I'm going to bring on just a second uh, Dr. Paul Kanger. I interviewed him yesterday on the Andrew Wilkow uh, show, Wilkow Majority on Sirius XM Patriot Channel 125. And I just thought I didn't get enough out of that interview. I needed to have more. And I thought uh, bringing him on after David Horowitz, uh, who we actually talked about yesterday, is perfect. But the thing that I am puzzled with is at what point does America understand and start looking at the difference between free speech and violent action? Um, And so what we talked about yesterday with the doctor is about uh, how communism secreted itself into the educational sector. So, doctor, welcome back. Uh, You're a professor of political science and author of over a dozen books, I got to tell you. I just got through writing one book, Sheep No More. It's available now on uh, Amazon. But when I went on your website, you are a very busy writer. You've written an amazing amount of books, including the communist Frank Marshall Davis untold story of Barack Obama's mentor. Um, So let me ask you, we talked yesterday about how communism got into the educational sector. I was very surprised, and I guess it really boiled down to this, that Columbia University was where, and I forgot what the group, I wrote a whole list of stuff you said down yesterday. I threw it away when I walked out by accident. But university, uh, Columbia University here in New York um, is where this kind of secreted itself in and then went from Ivy League down all the way into uh, grade schools now. Well, that's right, Jonathan, and 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 thanks. And and the reason I write so many of these books is it's therapy, right? right. For try for trying to uh, to deal with it. I feel tormented by this stuff. You know, I, I sometimes I say to myself, I wish I didn't know what I know, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but but every day, you know, I check um, I check the websites of Communist Party USA, uh, People's World, which is the flagship publication for Communist Party USA. It's the, the successor to the Soviet-controlled daily worker. Um, I check the Workers' World Party. I check uh, Revolutionary Communist Party USA. And, you know, people think that, uh, well, that's kind of kooky that I do that. <laughs> well, for, for one thing, it's, it's just what I do. It's what I follow. It's what I write about. But, you know, if you type in, like, right now, Revolutionary Communist Party USA, which has been around for a long time, and they are always they specialize in racial agitation in particular. They were at Ferguson, they were at all these other different places, and they actually have a branch in Charlottesville. In fact, um, they have uh, I mean anybody sitting at their website right now, type in the words Revolutionary Communist Party USA Charlottesville, and I think you're going to be pretty stunned by by what you see there. You're going to get depending on which page you get, you're going to get propaganda posters of Lenin propaganda posters of Stalin, and uh, and it's kind of ironic, Lenin and Stalin, because that's actually a Maoist organization. And, and in fact, the founder of Revolutionary Communist Party USA is a guy named Bob of 
Slovakian who goes by the name Chairman Bob. And if and if you go to that website, he's got a piece up there right now posted in the lead window on Thomas Jefferson, George Washington, James Madison, all called out, and the American founders on racism, slavery, and white imperialism. So, you know, this might sound like kind of esoteric fringe stuff, and it is, but these people are now out there with social media, mm-hmm. and you're right, they've been educated in the universities, so they're, they're able to get a mob together really quick, and sometimes the mob doesn't need to be more than 20 or 30 people to, uh, to get the kind of explosion that they need, to get, uh, to get the battle that they need. I mean, that's exactly what happened in Charlottesville, so you ended up with neo-Nazis and the so-called alt-right clashing with um, the far left. And then pretty soon, you know, everyone in America is talking about Charlottesville. So just when you think that these guys don't really matter, well, you know, in in today's society with social media, they're able to wield a a power and an influence that they haven't been capable of in decades, really going back to probably, speaking of David Horowitz, right, the new left in the 1960s, and even, you know, kind of the heyday of Communist Party USA in the 1930s. And they're all descendants of that group because because they are they are quite literally proud um you know unabashed uh, you know no apologies they they're communists so you know listen the tactician to me says that this organized uh movement and subversive movement in this country it, it's it's really global first of all i think people need to realize that it but, is global but yeah. it's you cannot see organization like this without somebody pulling the strings in other words there's there's a hierarchy there's got to be a hierarchy where does this lead you know george soros always comes up but george soros to me um represents having worked around organized crime i was never uh, you never fully worked an organized crime case like a, a mob case i did gangs and things like that on the street but there was always a money man george soros reminds me of that money man um, but where is this leading? Who is pulling the strings? Because there's unknown figures, has to be. And I don't think it's the Russians, like all these weirdos, like this person that wrote me here on Twitter says, uh, talking about this guy realizes uh, that uh, Putin and, and the oligarchs have all the money and power in Russia, right? Um, and, right. Tr- and that's the way Trump wants it. Well, what's the reality? Well, who is controlling this? By the way, isn't it finally great to have the Democrats hating the Russians, right? <laughs> you, know, you know, hey, uh, you know, hey, Nancy Pelosi, uh, Barack Obama, you know, the the 80s are calling. They want their foreign policy back, yeah. right? You know, yuck, 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 yuck. I don't think they really hate him, though. As uh, David Horowitz was saying a minute ago, he thinks Nancy Pelosi is one of the uh, is an operative for the Russian or for, not for Russia, excuse me, for the communist, and uh, that she is um, a very well trained uh, communist politician. Yeah, I heard him in the last half hour. He, he's great. He's fascinating. He knows this, knows this stuff unlike anybody else. In fact, he pointed out that his parents, who had been card-carrying members of the Communist Party, called themselves progressives. Yeah. And that's another common thing that they do. And what he said about Nancy Pelosi, um, she did indeed, exactly as David said, she went onto the floor of the House of Representatives and gave a tribute to Harry Bridges, who she called her hero. Strange. And, uh, you, you couldn't have gotten farther to the left than Harry Bridges, and, and a flat 
flat-out admirer of Harry Bridges was a guy named Frank Marshall Davis, who actually you know worked at, you know, with those guys in Hawaii, which is exactly where Harry Bridges was. And and Frank Marshall Davis was Barack Obama's mentor. So so you know, you, you you can't make this up. But on, on the sort of you know who's behind it and the global roots of it, I, I mean, there's in in a way this is what's kind of frustrating, Jonathan. Is, is it's hard to pinpoint. You know, uh, I heard your guest a couple of segments ago talking about the kind of founding people in Black Lives Matter. Right. And and that was good stuff. It's good. It's good that somebody's trying to pin that down. Um, Antifa is really hard to pin down. It's really hard to figure out exactly who's behind that. You know, Revolutionary Communist Party USA. You could point to people like Bob Avakian. But it, but it's really just this sort of web, this wider group of of leftists. And to give you an example of this, uh, if if you go to and again, sorry, but this is the kind of world that I have to deal with. Mm-hmm. If if you go to the publication Workers World, and I know people again are going to think this is really fringe stuff. Well, it, Workers World, that group was actually involved. In fact, three activists with ties to the Workers World Party were arrested and charged with felonies for their roles in the toppling of a Confederate statue in Durham, North Carolina. Wow. And, and, and yeah, and, and if, if, you go, if you go to the website of Workers World, May 11th, 2016, the editor there wrote an editorial, and I'm, and I'm quoting it right, right here in front of me, quote, Workers World stands in solidarity with the DPRK, that would be North Korea, its people and its leaders in defense of their sovereignty and social system, unquote. They're pro-North Korea. <laughs> they're, they're pro-Kim. That's Workers' World. And, and that's a group that was agitating in Durham to topple the Confederate statue. Now, this doesn't mean, and I, you know, I hate that we always have to say this, but we should, it doesn't mean that you know, every, cert, every single person who was in favor of tearing down the Confederate statue in Durham is a pro-Kim, pro-North Korea communist, mm-hmm. right, associated with the Workers' World Party. But what's always frustrated me, you know, this is why I talk about, about dupes, is people on the left, the sort of general, wider, softer left, progressives, as David Horowitz says, and even liberals, you know, genuine, good-hearted liberals who aren't far-left, radical leftists, how easily their buttons can be pushed, how, how they can be brought into the rallies. And, and communists have been doing this in America since literally the 1920s and 1930s, to the point where you could turn out a rally of you know, 10,000 people in the 1960s to pro- protest the Vietnam War, and 9,800 of them are just everyday college kids. They're looking to smoke some pot and pick up girls and, 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 and protest going to the war. But the other two hundred are working for the Weather Underground, SDS, have some association with Communist Party USA. So it's always these kind of uh, really, truly conspiring behind the scenes um, forces, even farther to the left, that are really good at organizing and turning out these wider mobs among the wider left. So do you think when I look at this globally and we look at um, how groups like or not groups, but leaders like uh, Trudeau in uh, Canada, we have uh, we have we have leaders in Australia, in Spain, in in France, in Great Britain that have they don't 
you know, build their resume and climb the ladder to get to the top. All these people came to power at the same time uh, that Barack Obama did, and they just boom, 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 and all of a sudden communists who call themselves socialists are at the top of all these countries. That cannot happen without money and coordination. And when you see the movement, especially of Antifa, uh, all across this country and all across the globe, I just cannot I can't for the life of me get past the thought that there's somebody at the top. There has to be a chain of command that is organizing this. It's just too well, organized. You, you, the, the guy a couple segments back, was it, was it Martinelli? I'm sorry yeah, I forgot yeah, his name. Ron Ron. Martin, Dr. Ron Martinelli. Yeah, and he he was he was pointing out. I think this is exactly right. It, it's it's um, sometimes it is people with money that are behind it, a George Soros type, and so forth. But but really, Jonathan, the biggest problem has been that we have failed to teach in our colleges, in our public schools, our government schools. You know, we 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 failed to teach this history of the Cold War and the communist movement. And and I mean, I'm not I'm not making this up when I say that for a lot of people on the left, uh, James Burnham, the the, the 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 late great ex communist said for the left the preferred enemy is always to the right yeah right they never denounce the people on their own fringe which is why when Donald Trump held that press conference a couple weeks ago and tried to blame both sides for this you know the reporters in CNN and the New York Times and the others just lost their minds mm-hmm. because the left doesn't do that right, right. The, the, the liberals you know, they don't condemn their far left they don't even see it for them I'm not exaggerating in this. To them, Joe McCarthy is a bigger villain than Joe Stalin. And, and, and you, you know, you could probably press him and say, okay, come on, come on, come on. You know, really, really, who, who's worse? Right. They'll say, okay, all right, all right. Stalin killed 30 million people, and you know, McCarthy jailed some people, maybe. Didn't kill anybody. All right, all right Stalin. Right. But, 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 you know, 99 out of 100 times, you know, they're going to jump all over McCarthy, not Stalin. Listen, i got to break it there. I cannot thank you enough. Two days in a row. I'm going to have you on my show, the experts that uh, do on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube uh, every night at 9 p.m. i got to have you on there as well. Dr. Paul Kanger, professor of political science and author of over a dozen books. Go and you'll see him. Uh, his latest one is The Communist, Frank Marshall Davis, Untold Story of Barack Obama's Mentor. Thank you very much, doctor. This is Jonathan Gillum. We'll be right back. This is Jonathan Gillum filling in for Sean Hannity on the Sean Hannity Radio Show. I hope you all are seeing where we're going with this today because there is a a fine line that, that links all these different groups, Black Lives Matter, Antifa, the Communist Party, by all means necessary, which the, uh, the mayor of Berkeley belongs to, Nancy Pelosi, being called out as a communist uh, by David Horowitz, the one man who would know if she's a communist, um, the, all these people that they worship. Harry Bridges, she spoke about her hero, Harry Bridges, on the floor uh, of our uh, uh, Congress, talking about how uh, he is her hero. Harry Bridges is a known communist. Uh, Obama, Frank Marshall Davis, that's his hero. Hillary Clinton, Saul Alinsky, another communist. All these people love communists. Listen, you need to go and get my book. Look at it for on Amazon. It's called Sheep No More, The Art of Awareness, and Attack Survival. Pre-order it. Hand it to all your family, all your friends. It's all about developing this awareness, which is what we're talking about today. 866-957-2874. We'll be right back. This is Jonathan Gillum, your resident Navy SEAL and FBI special agent here 
on the show today, guest hosting and filling in while Sean is out relaxing, hopefully. Call-in number, which I gave the wrong one earlier. See, I fill in on SiriusXM Patriot Channel as well, and I get these numbers mixed up all the time. 800-941-7326. I should just say it, 800-941-SEAN. That's as easy as it gets. I keep forgetting they still have those uh, those uh, the letters on the phones. But um, listen, we've been talking all day today about the reality of communism and the creep of communism, how it's now a sprint. They're actually uh, have been embedding themselves all over uh, our country, secreting into the educational sector, the entertainment sector, um, even in sports. You've got them in politics uh, on both sides of the aisle uh, at your local state and federal level. You've got them in media, big time in media, in activism. Look, community organizers Saul Alinsky, who was a communist, uh, was also Hillary Clinton's mentor. She wrote her college thesis about him, and he is the the modern day creator of uh, of community activism. So these people are all uh, bred this way. Uh, I, a lot of them fell into it, but a lot of them were brought up by communist parents, as uh, David Horowitz was talking about earlier, and. It's very important, as I've been saying. I just uh, I'm going to bring this up again. I just wrote a book. It's uh, just went on sale yesterday on Amazon. It's called "Sheep No More: The Art of Awareness and Attack Survival." And although that's a very tactically sounding um, title, and it is a tactical book that teaches you how to target yourself from an attacker's point of view, so you can build better defenses and awareness in your life, it it plays right along with what we're doing today. Teaching you the reality, the history, the insights, and the thinking, and where the how to identify these people so that you can defend the country against them. Remember, when you swear an oath, for all those of you out there that swore an oath, law enforcement and military, whatever else that you swore an oath for, intelligence work, you swore an oath to this country to, to defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign, and wait for it, and domestic and we are faced now with a domestic enemy in this country. So I'm going to round this up. I'm going to round this show up with a little bit of discussion about the Muslim Brotherhood. Now, how is everybody saying, how are you linking the Muslim Brotherhood with communists? Well, it's called the Red-Green Alliance. And the Muslim Brotherhood has always attached itself to communist entities. It's been going on for a very, very long time. We've known about it in this country at least since the 70s. But even Hitler had connections uh, with uh, Muslims that hated uh, Israel, for instance, uh, back in the uh, World War II days. So reach out to Patrick Poole. Uh, Patrick is a national security correspondent for PJ Media. And uh, you've done some significant studying uh, of the Muslim Brotherhood, have you not? Uh, yes, Jonathan. Uh, thanks for having me. You got it. So what I'm talking about communism today, but there's this side fringe. Some people believe it's bigger than communism. I think it's not bigger. I think it is uh, either parallel or where they use each other um, for uh, the same purpose, which is um, to overthrow free thinking in the country. But how prevalent is the Muslim Brotherhood in our government, and how closely related are they with communism? Well, we uh, back in 2007-2008, the largest terrorism financing trial in American history, the Holy Land Foundation trial, 
the Justice Department went into federal court and laid out and said, here are all these organizations and individuals associated with the Muslim Brotherhood. And the Justice Department argued that the Holy Land Foundation funding Hamas was a Muslim Brotherhood operation here in the United States. So the Justice Department identified these organizations and individuals in federal court. And what we see is some of those same organizations, like the Islamic Society of North America, like the Council for Islamic Relations, are some of the same groups that our government agencies and personnel turn to to advise them. And as uh, Congressman uh, Louis Gohmert once famously um, interacted with Janet Napolitano, the former uh, DHS secretary, he said, you know, making a play on their see something, say something, he said, I can see Hamas right out my office window, you know, on New Jersey Avenue, two blocks from Capitol Hill. Um, and I see him running around the hill, you know, constantly. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, they're, they're prevalent. They're very influential. And um, as I said earlier, the Justice Department said in federal court that these people are Muslim Brotherhood and these organizations. It's very interesting. I think people don't realize that, for instance, with the blind shake, uh, they found information during that investigation that was uh, closely tying this Muslim Brotherhood um, to uh, the Communist Party. And I don't think also people realize exactly who these people are in Washington, D.C., as far as uh, the, the threat that they have. I think a lot of people have an image of them as being, and that's you know, one of the reasons when they're in Washington, D.C., and you're looking out and you're seeing these groups, um, they they have portrayed themselves as uh, the, the spokespeople for Muslims, would you say? Uh, absolutely, and, and we saw this immediately after the, 1993 World Trade Center bombing, mm -hmm. where you had the Muslim Brotherhood who have, uh, particularly back then, they were flush with money uh, from Saudi Arabia, Qatar. They still get a lot of money from Qatar and Turkey. And, and they presented themselves to the U.S. government and said, we can be your mediaries um, to the Muslim world. And they basically position themselves. And, and both, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm a bipartisan critic in this regard. You know, we saw them beginning to work with the Clinton administration, but they were also making inroads uh, into the Republican Party as well. And, uh, and what we see with, we see a lot of overlap, uh, and particularly with the BDS movement uh, trying to attack Israel. We see this overlap between the communists, you know, the International Workers' Party, and a lot of these Muslim Brotherhood groups. And probably the person that, you know, embodies this problem is uh, Linda Sarsour, who <laughs> all the media outlets are out pushing around as, as the face of Muslims in America. And, and I hear from a lot of Muslims like, who, you know, when was there an election for this person? <laughs> I mean, who, who has admitted that she's got family members in Hamas, uh, back in Israel and the West Bank, um, to, to represent us. And, you know, yesterday where she was, um, you know, sending people to for Harvey relief, you know, to a political action committee. Right. I mean, she's just a detestable human being, but she's the face of it, and, and that's where we begin to see uh, the overlap between this leftist movement and the Muslim Brotherhood. They actually have documents. Um, uh, after uh, after 9-11, Swiss authorities 
raided basically the Muslim Brotherhood foreign envoy, uh, Yusuf Nada's home in uh, Campione, Italy. And they found a document called The Project, which I translated uh, here several years ago and published it um, front of Page magazine. And, and that document, which was dated from about 1982, um, identified that they were going to use these leftist movements to be to basically be able to to mainstream themselves and give them cultural credibility and with, with the full intention that w- when in fact they were able to get into power they would you know they would cast them off just like what happened in Iran in 1979 where you had the two-day party you know who were the prime movers in the Iranian revolution and then you know as soon as uh, Khomeini got into power, he killed them all. So, uh, you know, we, we've seen this working model in operation in recent modern history. Yeah, I'm no uh, fan of uh, Linda uh, Sarsour, as most people are not. I had a little run-in with a, a little friend of hers named Tamika Mallory on a radio show who is has to be, I would say, the most racist person I've ever met in my life. And uh, just a pure propaganda person. And this is where Black Lives Matter and the Muslim Brotherhood have a connection through this Linda Sarsour and Tamika Mallory. And all these people are part of these organizers for like the Women's March, which people don't even realize what they're getting involved with when they attend these things. And this has nothing to do with the Muslim Brotherhood. But this girl that was killed in uh, Charlottesville, who was ran over by a white supremacist. And I'm, there's a reason why I have purposely not talked about white supremacists today, because I'm wanting people to see the reality of how big th- this group of hate actually is, these communists and how they spread all across these secretive groups where you can clearly see, and sorry for this little rant here, but you can clearly see the stupidity of uh, of of uh, white supremacists and neo-Nazis. They don't hide how stupid they are. This girl goes out and marches with Antifa and gets killed by one of these neo-Nazi people when she got hit by a car, but she was still marching with Antifa. And I can't, it drives me crazy when I see these marches and people have no idea who they're who they're identifying with and they don't even understand that like the Muslim Brotherhood or Black Lives Matter or any other communist or uh, jihadist group is they're linked together. Uh, a- absolutely. And I-, I think even more disturbing is how uh, even in the Trump administration, we have some of these Muslim Brotherhood tied individuals and organizations uh, who are still influential and are still being sought. You know, I think yeah. the um, Muslim Public Affairs Council, which was founded by an admitted disciple of Hassan al-Banna, the, the founder of the Muslim Brotherhood, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and the, they're just noxious people. They've defended Hezbollah killings of American soldiers. They've, they've engaged in blood libels against Jewish people. And and here they are, I, um, you know, uh, getting invited in into the State Department, you know, under Obama, getting invited into the White House, and they're still there. That's the troubling thing is they're still 
there. Well, that's the thing I think that's troubling a lot of people. And Americans are standing behind the, uh, President Trump. But I think there needs to be a reassessment by people. I would love it if the president would do this, if he would slow down, get together a group of people that are not from Washington, D.C. Expert, There are experts that aren't from Washington, D.C. There are experts that are not generals and deputy directors and all these political types. Um, and they're, they're, we're waiting. We're waiting for the president to call on us, put together a group, and then start picking these people out and getting rid of them. Well, that would be nice. Um, you know, a lot of the people who were in the administration have, have been given the the right foot of fellowship already. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, how we go about that now, you know, the uh, the first wave, you know, landed on Omaha Beach and, and, and they got, you know, they got wiped out. Right. And so I think now we need to, you know, how how exactly can can we influence the administration to say, hey, you know, this was this was a problem under Bill Clinton. This was a problem under George Bush. This was, you know, accelerated exponentially mm-hmm. under Obama. You know, how do we begin to roll this back? You know, Jonathan, I spend a lot of time in, in the in the Middle East, particularly in Egypt. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where I've been researching the Brotherhood and talking with experts over there, and and they're mystified. Right. Um, and at at the influence of these organizations, and, and, and I'm talking about you know devout Muslims mm-hmm. who are just mystified at how the Muslim Brotherhood is able to influence, and, and they know who they are over there. You know, right. the, uh, you know, they, they track these people too, and um, they're they're just like, how 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 did this happen? And I have to, you know, I spent about the first year of my trips back and forth to Egypt trying to explain to to them, you know, this is how it happened. You know, it wasn't some grand conspiracy. Uh, you know, it was just, you know, the the frog in the pot, and you know, boiled. And suddenly it's boiled. Yeah. Um. And and here we are. Yeah, it's interesting. Listen, okay, so we've linked now Black Lives Matter, Antifa, communism. Uh, the Muslim Brotherhood. Um, so uh, I think now we're going to wrap this up over the next uh, 30 minutes or so in this show. Um, but we'll have you back on again. Patrick Poole, I can't thank you enough for coming on. This is the this was the, the cream on top of the whole thing to show people how these connections are happening. So thank you very much. Pat Poole, uh, National Security uh, Correspondent for PJ Media. Thank you very much. This is Jonathan Gillum. Filling in for Sean Hannity on the Sean Hannity Radio Show. I'm going to give you the right phone number this time. 800-941-7326. 800-941-SEAN. Call in now. I'm going to start taking some of your phone calls when we come back. And go to Amazon while you got a chance. Pick up my book, Sheep No More, The Art of Awareness and Attack Survival. It goes on. It went on sale yesterday. It's going to ship on the 12th. Don't wait. Order it today. We'll be right back. This is Jonathan Gillum. Filling in for Sean Hannity on the Sean Hannity Radio Show. It's his show. They should name it after him. So you can call in 800-941-7326, 800-941-SEAN. And uh, work does not stop around this studio. When things are going on, it's a break. you got to do it. Okay, so you all call in. I'm going to come back after this break, and I'm going to start taking uh, phone calls. I really want to hear what you think about the show today. If you don't agree with this, which on Twitter, there's quite a few people that don't. Not that I really care whether or not you agree with it or not, but uh, I would love to sit and uh, debate this with you a little bit. Also, you can find me on Twitter, jgilliam_seal, underscore seal, and on Facebook at Jonathan T. Gilliam.
Uh, like my page, follow me, and don't forget about my show, The Experts, every night, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And go get my book. Go order it. I just wrote it, and it's going. I went on sale yesterday. Sheep No More, The Art of Awareness and Attack Survival. It will change your life. This is Jonathan Gillum filling in for Sean Hannity on the Sean Hannity Radio Show. Listen, it's coming up on a holiday weekend. I know you guys are going to be relaxing, and it's going to be very important for you to remember what I'm teaching you today because when there's natural disasters going on or when there's things that are getting everybody riled up, these communists uh, and the Black Lives Matter and the Antifa people and the Muslim Brotherhood people who've all kind of banded together, they are working and they have been working in a very covert manner, not just overt. They're actually covert as well. And they're spreading very quickly in your educational sector. Your kids are getting indoctrinated faster than you can tell them the truth. So it's okay to have a discussion with them. Hopefully this show today has helped you out a little bit. Have a discussion with them when you're sitting there and they're looking at their phones because they're bored over the weekend. Have a talk with them. Let's go to Jay in South Carolina. Jay, uh, what do you got? Jay, go ahead. All right, John. Hey, brother. How you doing? What's going hey, on, my friend? Um... What, what what scares me, man, is is when is when ISIS and uh, uh, you know pretty much infiltrate Antifa because mm-hmm. they all wear black. You know they they got the black flags and 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 uh, you know I'm uh, a Democrat, Republican, or whatever. I'm surprised. You know, just Americans. I mean, that's something we all should be concerned about. Yeah. Well, you know, um, here, here's the thing. Like we uh, like um, the guest was talking earlier about. Um, about the Muslim Brotherhood over in Egypt and how even hardline uh, Muslims over there are like, where are these people coming? What, are they, what is this thing that they're spewing? I think Americans here in the United States are so accustomed because of media to believe you are left or you are right, you are gay, you are straight, you're a woman, you're a man, um, that they have they don't know how to look past uh, the definition of who they are or who that person is. And I agree with you. If if the Muslim Brotherhood uh, and ISIS team up with Antifa and BLM, there's gonna, it's going to be a problem because already we're seeing violence increase, but even Antifa and these people don't have the guts because they're a bunch of wimps. They don't have the guts to go out and do the horrific things that ISIS does. Right, right, right. right. Okay, yeah. Well, I appreciate it, man. Uh, you got, a good job, man. You got it. Thank you very much. And listen, you all in South Carolina, you know, you be, you all be safe this year. We haven't had any hurricanes come up that way, but it's that season. And I just pray for all you guys uh, in, in those areas because of the uh, the rural areas in South Carolina, all up and down the East Coast, down in Florida, and pray for all those people uh, that haven't been hit yet, that they'll be spared this year. Um, let's go to, uh, is it Mendel Mind- in Miami, Florida? How do you say your name there? Hey, it's Mendel. Mendel. Go ahead, Mendel. Hey, um, you know, I find that, uh, you know, Black Lives Matter and uh, the Muslim Brotherhood have the same MO. Mm-hmm. You know, they use uh, the media right. to try to promote, um, you know, their agenda. For example, the uh, Black Lives Matter, they uh, they attack cops, and the uh, Muslim Brotherhood attacks Israel, which are both light in the dark um, where it is. And, uh, you know, they create sort of like... Um, uh, they they take away the ability to debate because they say that debating is bad. Meanwhile, debating actually promotes growth. Sure. In people. 
not only do they take it away, but they're assisted in that um, by what happened in, again in Charlottesville, where you know you have two groups. You have Antifa, which is a communist party that hates the Constitution, chants um, "No more USA." You have white supremacists on the other side who are separatists and who are uh, idiots left over from the era of uh, of Nazism, and they all show up there. And the media only reports that uh, neo Nazis showed up. They don't report that communists were on the other side and what happens when you do that you are legitimizing a group of people that globally over the past hundred years alone have killed more than 150 million people i know we allow their uh, agenda to thrive by not standing up yeah yeah absolutely listen I, I'm, I'm glad and this is one thing that's warm in my heart a little bit is that people like yourself mendel um uh, the gentleman that just called i think it was jay from uh, south carolina I, it really does uh, make me feel good that there are people all over this country that are seeing what's going on. Of course, you know, people just need to start uh, standing up besides for saying. Yeah. Listen, God bless you, uh, Mendel. And thank you very much. Great name. Uh, let's going to go. Let's go to Mike in New York. Go ahead, Mike. Yes, I think what the show you did today is the most important show I heard in a long time. One of the groups you mentioned, Revolutionary Communist Party, they're working among street gangs and they're inside prisons and they have tax-exempt status. And they're soliciting funds. They want to get more of their inflammatory literature into the prisons. Now, I've been studying the communist movement for more than half a century, mostly from within. Mm -hmm. So when I was a kid years ago, the communists said what they want to do with American youth, mostly minorities, particularly minorities, politicize, radicalize, militarize. Now that this group has tax-exempt status and they're recruiting uh, prisoners, and they're working among street gangs, when they get those people who are already militant, armed, and violent, and some of them are killers, when those people get in politics, that's a revolution. Uh, we have some mutual friends. I believe you're a friend of uh, Mike Waller? Yes, yes. Yes, well, I'm a friend of Mike Waller, too, and Frank Gaffney. I participated in national security symposiums with Frank Gaffney. I have Soviet publications where they brag about training Muslim leaders, mm -hmm. and those Muslim leaders put out fatwas on those who oppose socialism. Let me, so I've been in this let me ask you this real quick. Sorry to interrupt you. i got a limited amount of time, but I want to ask right. you this, because I think one thing that you said, uh, out of everything I've heard you say, it's all important, but you said you've been studying this for a long, long time. Right. How do Americans study this? I think that's a problem is people don't know where to look beyond the TV clicker. How do you how do you suggest people go out and and educate themselves on the reality of what's happening? Well, what I did, I went to various communist meetings. I got involved. They thought I was a communist. I was among them for 50 years. I have their training manuals. And then I've been going on the radio for 30 years exposing it. Uh, there's a documentary with some whistleblowers called The Enemies Within. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm in that with Mike Waller, Frank Afney. Very important stuff. The work you're doing. I'm going to try to reach you on your other show. I'm going to see if I could get the, touch with you through perhaps Mike Waller. Because I have a lot I'd like to tell you. You're doing a great job. Your guests are doing a great job. This is my heart and soul for 50 years. I mean, I've lost income and everything trying to, uh, to, to, to alert people to this. We're in a big mess. It's a world movement, just like you said. Yeah. It's the Popular Front, the All People's Front, the United Front, Afro-Leninist, Enviro-Leninist, Islamo-Leninist. They're in the Christian religion, liberation theology. Let me ask you, so, let me ask you this. 
I asked this earlier of uh, of one of the other guests. Do you think that there's a hierarchy? Is there uh, is there a, a chain of command in which the, this organized movement is is being controlled? Well, it's uh, Russia is still the the people in charge of Russia are still Soviets. They work with the Red Chinese, but this is such a large mass movement. They don't need the direct control anymore. But it's anybody. It, it's so organized. I don't know. Listen, you and I both know, and and ha- myself having worked in the federal government, nothing is this organized without a hierarchy. Nothing. Right. They got the schools. They got the media. They're into the religions. Every group is being taught to hate America. I have Soviet publications where they brag about helping Hitler. Wow. Hey, listen, to help I got, anybody who's going to tear down the West. I got to go, my friend Mike. We'll be in touch. Uh, but uh, let me go right now. Let me go real quick to John in New York. John, I got about a minute. Go ahead. I just wanted to comment on your last guest uh, uh, before the uh, callers came in. Mm-hmm. He made a comment about how his contacts in the Middle East are, uh, are mystified at how uh, groups like the uh, you know, Islamic Association of America and uh, CARE can have such access to uh, Capitol Hill and the, and the whole our, our uh, Capitol and, and lawmakers. And it's, just, it's not really mystifying at all. It's pretty obvious that just the way any lobbyist has access, they have access to their millions of dollars that you know they get from Saudi Arabia, Qatar. Absolutely. Listen, you know what they say. If you want to, if you want to find the, the the people behind it, you follow the money. And that's basically what you're saying. That's absolutely correct. Listen, John, I'm going to take a break. Thank you, and uh, sorry to cut you off there, but I got to go to a break so I can have time when I come back and say a few words. You uh, can find me on Twitter at jgilliam underscore seal and on Facebook at Jonathan T Gilliam. If you don't follow me, follow me. I do a show every night on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube called The Experts. And it's called that reason for, uh, or it's called that name for a reason because we only have experts in the field in which they, uh, they cover come on the show. And don't forget, I'm now an author. Go out and pick up a book that is a long time coming from my experience as a Navy SEAL, Federal Air Marshal, security contractor, and FBI special agent. It's called Sheep No More The Art of Awareness and attack survival it's available now for order and will ship on december 12th go get it we'll be right back this is jonathan gillum filling in for sean hannity from sean hannity radio show if you've been listening for the whole three hours don't stop this next five minutes are going to be very important but real quick before i go to my closing statements i want to bring on dale from missouri I was going to go ahead and just close these out, but Dale has something real important to say about what we started talking about. And it kind of leads right into this about being prepared, about being aware. But, Dale, what are you all doing in Missouri when it comes to uh, preparing for these national uh, natural disasters? We went over a week without electricity in the middle of winter. I got together with some of my other veteran friends, and we started a local group. We've morphed into the Montauk County Crime Watch, and... We basically have the sheepdogs in the community getting together on a regular basis to deal with these problems proactively. Now, there's millions of sheepdogs in America. You guys need to get out from underneath the porch, fight the normalcy bias. The hour's later than we think. You guys, you need a good continuous source of clean water for your families. You need... What's the big three? The three that you were saying. You still there? Oh, you need... You need... You got three minutes without air. You got three days without water and you got 30 days without food. So get your food together and, and you'll sleep better at night. 
look at them people walking through the water with the trash bag over their head. Yeah. You don't want to be a victim. Don't be that. You know, there's still time. Yeah, you got but it. There's, uh, and the other thing is, like I say, go to the FEMA website. We they they've infiltrated justice, infiltrated justice department. Said we can infiltrate FEMA. There's the community emergency response teams. The guidelines are there. Let's get these sheepdogs out here in America and start dealing with this because it's later than we think. You got it. Listen, I got to cut it right there, my friend. Thank you very much, Dale. That is absolutely correct. And here's the thing. This is the biggest thing that he just hit on right there. I think everybody can be a sheepdog, but there are people who are veterans, people are former law enforcement, current law enforcement. Uh, I know a lot of you are listening right now to this show. I want you to think about this and seriously consider it. If things start to speed up even more in this country, how are you going to be organized? How are you, the sheepdog, going to be able to lead a bunch of people, as Dale was saying there, with trash bags over their head in a natural disaster because they're not prepared? Do you realize in World War II, because people did not realize what was happening, not only were people led to a train and ultimately to their demise, but people allowed them to be led to that train. And it is up to the sheepdog, those that have served this country, you that have sworn an oath to defend the Constitution against all enemies, not just foreign, but domestic. That enemy is here. And you must be prepared. And the way you are prepared is if you have dialogue and you unify and you do it now. Don't wait until the day comes when there's a hurricane or when Antifa is at your doorsteps or when Black Lives Matter has come into your impoverished area in a city and have convinced people to stand against law enforcement. Don't wait until then. Start regrouping your families, your churches, having dialogue. I don't it doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, gay or straight. If you want the freedoms that have allowed you to be who you want to be, good or bad, lazy or active, you better be ready to stand against these enemies because they are on the move. And they've been on the move for a lot longer than you've been alive. I know what I'm talking about when it comes to this because I'm trained as an attacker. I'm also trained as a defender, and I'm telling you, in order to be a defender, you have to be able to think like the attacker. You have to understand who they are, who threatens your country, who threatens your freedoms, and you have to be willing to stand against them now, not just then, not just in the future, because it's going to be too late. If I send one of you sheepdogs off the war, you're going to get killed and lose the war. But if I send 10,000 of you highly trained, there's a chance you may actually defeat the enemy. And it's the same thing here at home. If you stand alone, you're going to be overwhelmed by these groups that have been training for over 100 years. If you try to save a community on your own that's been overwhelmed by a hurricane, people are going to die and you'll drown. It's the same no matter what. You need to stand together, you need to have dialogue, and you need to unify against these forces. This is Jonathan Gilliam. You can find me on Twitter at jgilliam underscore seal and on Facebook at Jonathan T. Gilliam. I do a show every night called The Experts on Facebook Live. It's uh, simulcast on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And now I'm an author, and you can get my book, Sheep No More. The Art of Awareness and Attack Survival. It's on Amazon for pre-order. Don't wait until December 12th. Go get it now and get the presents ready so that you and your family can be aware 
and your homes and your lives can be secured. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.